Live Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats cooked, and cooked meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and collard are also available for dessert. She wants you to come feel at home when you visit, so make sure you stop by on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love for you to stop by and visit. So anytime anybody from this area, you guys are in Spartanburg, South Carolina, please make sure you stop by and visit Miss Charlene. But today, allow me to introduce our very special guest. She's a stylist, an author, a speaker. She does so many things for the community. And today, our very special guest is Miss Panate Akparu. How are you? I'm wonderful, and thank you for having oh, me. Thank you for joining our show today. And I, hopefully, I said your name right. Right. Akparu? Yes. Akparu. Okay. So, <laughs> so far, and I hope I didn't shortchange you with the accolades the stylist, the author, speaker. I know you do a lot of different things. Is there anything? I'm a mother. Mother. Yes, I'm my owner. A beautiful mother. Thank you. Yes. So, starting out, like I was telling you a little bit off the off camera, we when we do our interviews, we like to highlight entrepreneurship and give people their flowers while they're here. And a lot of times, when we see successful people, all we see is the outcome, and we never know like the backstory, like the trials and tribulations and, and, and the things that they went through. So for people um, actually tuning in right now, if they who is Panay Aparu? Panay Aparu is someone that is truly living past her pain and living her dreams. Uh-huh. Like seriously, a lot of things that I am doing today is being a salon owner, working in entertainment, being an author. Um, a lot of it came to me as a young child, and I'm actually living uh, out my dreams and goals um, mm-hmm. today. So, so starting out, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You started out as a stylist, right? Hair stylist. Okay. What made you want to be a, a stylist? Well, my mother was a hairstylist and a few other family members, but my mom, um, we were in the projects. She worked in, at the house, and, um, a, also at a salon, not far from home. Um, but she did women that were from the rough side of life, um, prostitutes, you know, mm-hmm. less women that were less fortunate. She had women that also were in business, but just had a hard time. Um, and my interest in doing hair started at five years old because of what doing their hair did for them. It wasn't the hairstyling and it wasn't um, the money. It was the fact that when they were coming so broken, at five years old, I could see the transformation in a woman's emotions. Um, they would come in crying or upset or depressed and different things. And when my mother would get done doing their hair, it was like they didn't have a worry in the world. I would see mm-hmm. them go from crying to just feeling amazing. So at five, I knew then, I would always tell my mom, like, what you do changes their life. And I knew then that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, so um, I started assisting her at that point. You know, it, it was just folding some towels or handing her the products. But at nine years old, I actually started doing hair. And by 11 years old, my clientele was phenomenal. Oh, that's awesome. So, and like you were saying, when you're just doing hair, it's kind of similar to like a barbershop. You know, as, as young African-American men, we go into a barbershop, you know, uh, just a fresh cut makes us feel phenomenal. Yes. Like, like we we just we can do anything. So what what did it do for you seeing how when these women come in, like you said, were broken and beaten down and, and different things to do their hair and just see the transformation for in them. What how did that make you feel? 
it made me feel amazing. And that's why I gravitated to it so young and was mm-hmm. very, very persistent. Even, you know, not, not even coming from the hood and seeing that it changed their lives, but just watching women in entertainment, just watching a regular TV show. Like one of my favorite shows was Leave it to Beaver. Mm-hmm. And I was just um, amazed at how even on TV, this woman ran the household, took care of her sons and her husband, but she was made up the whole time. Absolutely. You know, um, and when I would look at award shows, um, say like Diana Ross would come out and she would just be so amazing. And I was like, who's behind those curtains? So all that would fascinate me how the transformation would take place and um, artists would um, turn into an entertainer, you know, the, the hardworking everyday person, their mm-hmm. emotions would change. And I, I just... That part of it was so powerful to me. I just had to be a part of it, you know. And so I, my love and passion for just getting behind that curtain ended up happening for me, being able to work at the Grammy Awards, BET Awards, Soul Train Awards, and magazines and working in all forms of entertainment. Um, started that young, having a desire to do it. Mm-hmm. But as for, even for me, I dealt with a lot of personal pain, you know, Absolutely. overcoming different challenges as far as, like, molestation, rapes, um, rejection from my father, you know, um, just being bullied, homelessness, all that happened all before I was 11. Mm. Um, and so doing hair was a healer for me. You know, whenever I had a client and was able to transform their hair and would help them, it was also helping me. Mm-hmm. When I would just smother myself into the craft and the skill of doing hair because it, it healed me. As mm-hmm. I'm helping others heal and be happy, it was also helping me. So um, it helped me through my pain. Absolutely, and like you say, you watch your mother. Would you say she was your your uh, mentor as far as like entrepreneurship and doing hair? Yes. She the only person. Did you study anybody else in particular? Um, my grandmother and my great grandmother. Um, um, we were born to be entrepreneurs. It says it in the Bible in Deuteronomy that we were born for greatness and born to be entrepreneurs. So um, I learned at a very young age just to be in business for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know we. We made, they made moonshine, so we were taught as kids to make moonshine. We made our own soaps. We grew vegetables and would bag them up and sell them. We um, knit it, and we would have to, you know, knit these hats and scarves and sell those, um, cook food and, and make plates in the hood. You know, they have um, parties, card parties. You know, I was just a young kid, but we were making greens and potato salad and fried chicken and selling it. It was always a don't wait on nobody. You know, don't, you know, you determine your wealth. You determine your day. You you take control. And so, even though we were less fortunate, you know, financially, we, we never waited on anyone to make it happen. So, I was taught at a young age those skills, you know, and to have love and passion behind what, what we were taught to do. Um, everything that we sold was always making a difference in somebody's life. So, Absolutely. And like you said, I love the entrepreneurship route. And like you said, like in school, they don't necessarily, we talk about this all the time, in school, they don't necessarily teach us about entrepreneurship. Right. It's always about making good grades, that you go to college, and after graduation, you go and get a good job, and you work for somebody else. They don't necessarily teach you, like, the life skills and, and to create your own opportunity. Because I had problems with <coughs> reading and writing. Um, unfortunately, I was born um, premature, two pounds, mm-hmm. four ounces, and um, so it caused the delay with my reading and understanding and comprehension. Um, although I feel that we're all born with a gift and talent. So mm-hmm. my mom knew, you know, they, they said I was retarded. I, had, I didn't start walking until I was almost like three or four, but I didn't talk until I was five. So mm-hmm. that was like when I started everything late, then there's like, oh, 
you know, what is she going to do with her? Right. But that gift of doing hair, I, my mom taught me how to focus on the great attributes of myself, like what was good in me and, and, and pay attention to that. You may can't read well or write. You may not comprehend, but you can do some hair. So don't focus on the negative things. Focus on who you are and what's great in you. Because we're all born with a gift and talent. God gives us all gifts, different, many different gifts, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, w I was just glad, even though we had a lot of hardship and tribulations were going on in our family, um, that we, we stayed focused on the entrepreneurship and mm -hmm. the gifts that we all had so that you learn how to, in the midst of whatever trials or tribulations you had, you focus on the good and do what's right with that so you can be successful. And I know a lot of times, like if you pay, when I started paying more and more attention to entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs, they didn't necessarily, they weren't great at school. A mm -hmm. lot of them, just, school just wasn't for it them. It wasn't for us, yeah. But, 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 they, but they found a way to figure it out and they would, like you said, they found a gift and they would uh, mm -hmm. work that they craft. And that's what made them who they are. But do you feel like in your field necessarily that you need to go to school to do hair? Or what would you say? Just spend more time in the salon? No, I feel like school is very important. Mm -hmm. Like It helps um, with the theory of things and the business. Because they have, um, you know, where you learn the business um, aspect of being um, a hairstylist mm -hmm. or salon. I think it's all important. Mm -hmm. um, but the most important thing is your character and being teachable and coachable. And really understanding... Um, your purpose behind doing it. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you connect what you're doing to purpose, then God will send your help. Mm -hmm. So I just think that if you focus on what you're great at, you know, all of it will come. Because I wasn't that good in school, but because I worked on being just good, a good person and mm -hmm. being good at what I did do great, then my help came. Teachers would you know, I took pride in myself always. I always did my hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. I was doing my hair and makeup at 11 and 12 years old. Right. And, um, you know, which was crazy, you know, And but my mom and dad would be like, just let her wear that makeup. Just let her do, I, would, I colored my hair like Auburn at 11, mm -hmm. you know, but it was like, let her do what she's doing. But because people on the outside saw the passion I had, they would come assist me with every area I was weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, back to your point, um, question. School is important, but don't let it get you down if you can't, you know, make sure that you um, put your pride aside and humble yourself and seek help to assist you uh -huh. because I didn't have no problem asking for help. I'm like, I really, I could read this a little bit and I would always like underline, you know, what word I couldn't pronounce and then I would go say, you know, what's, what's, this, what's this saying, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> or, um, you know, just always be teachable and coachable. Like, I didn't get so cocky that I was a great hairstylist that I didn't want to know the other part of right. as far as the school work. But it's important. That's right. Now, I don't want to, and I don't want to make it seem like I, I don't uh, think school is a great thing because I, I have a college degree. Um, but it's just, I felt like for a while, I was just like, wow. Even though I went to school, it was just like, part of me felt like I was still shortchanged. I'm like, wow, I got a degree. And like I was saying off, a little bit off camera, like I went to school and mm -hmm. I did some sports broadcasting. So I had a chance to cover the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Hornets. So as mm -hmm. I graduated, I felt like, man, I, I got all this experience now. I'm ready to go out here and work for ESPN and, and I'm and I'm a made man. But once I graduated, it was just like lack of experience. Yeah. It's like, man, I thought I was just going to be able to fall right in and, and, and have a job. But then at the same time, I'm like, man, so... My journey was like uh, just bouncing around from different job to job. I was like, man, I don't think life is supposed to be lived like this, this no. way. 
and just student loan debt was another thing that mm-hmm. kind of made me feel like, man, was was school really worth it? I think it's yeah. a great thing. It's just you kind of need to know what you're getting into. And, and you need to know for. that you can make it without it. Because Absolutely. even when I graduated from high school, um, like I said earlier, that I started doing hair so young. And so I ended up being able to pick my grades up with, with some assistance and um so when I graduated, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, I'm going to North Carolina A&T, I'm going to Hampton, right. I'm going to, you know, this school, this, and then what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to do hair. You're just going to do hair. Exactly. Oh, you just going to do hair. I said, you know, and I knew, like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm working for myself. Uh-huh. But sometimes in our community, they, they, they act like that's, like, low, you know. It's like, exactly. so you don't go to college, so they made me feel bad, you know. So yeah. it's even in my book talking about how I um, I did my light about with, with the gift and talent that I have all because everyone else went to college and I didn't okay. and I, I felt less than I felt you know like I wasn't valuable to the world because I wasn't going trying to get this piece of paper right but I had the dream ever since I was like five knowing who I was and I just trust God like and in a matter of time, they're graduating, being teachers, professors, doctors, dentists, all this. I was making more money than them. Right. But, you know, and, you know, they went to college, got all these degrees, and I was already making my money. Mm-hmm. But where I um, messed up at is that I was so caught up in the gift, the talent, and changing lives that I forgot to take care of the business part. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to tell a lot of people that are seeking entrepreneurship. is very important, but make sure that you are very wise and have that financial wisdom and Uh and be teachable and coachable be a good steward over your money you know manage your time well i didn't have those types of of skills Uh you know i just i was just very great at doing hair changing lives and i made a whole lot of money but i was very ignorant in business Uh and so and one more and one more thing about uh education while we're still on it that's why i felt like like you have to go to college. I felt like if you didn't go to college, you just grow it. I felt like, man, if you didn't go to college, like, and you might end up being like a bum. Yeah, that's like, how you feel. It just feel, It's like kind of like how society portrays mm-hmm. things. It's like you don't have to go to college to be successful. You don't. And and a lot of things, if you don't go, sometimes and you like like you had like you, you don't fall into a lot of that student loan debt. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, you you may go. They might tell you you're gonna make X amount of dollars at the as a college graduate, but they don't factor in how much through the loan that yep. you have to put in. So that's another thing. I was like, I always tell people to go, but you kind of know what you're doing. And, you know, and I suggest that if you're going to school, a lot of times the young people are forced to go to college, uh-huh. but if you really believe that, you know, you have a gift inside of you and a business savvy and you, you really believe in what you're doing, Take time while you're going to school to build your business that's within right. you. You know, like manage your time wisely. You know, you I, I couldn't do a lot of things that everyone else could because I was very serious about building who mm-hmm. I was at a young age. You know, I messed around. I made a lot of mistakes through it all, but I was very serious about building. So you may go to school, but then you may have a... A dream of a video production company as yourself or whatever and it's like work on that while you're going to school like I try to make sure I tell people that are in college and they'll say well I'm going to school for this and this is what my family expects of me but this is what I like to do well you don't have to talk about it just be about it just work on those gifts and talent and build your business while you're being educated so you always have something to fall back on and that's one thing I wish I would have done earlier just start early period um for me, I, I didn't really pay attention to all entrepreneurship or anything. Like when I was went to college, I was just 
know, happy to be out the house, have my own space, and just I was just partying and just living it up. And then came towards my uh, senior year, when it was almost time to graduate. I'm like, okay, this is my last year. Now it's really time to like get serious or anything. So unfortunately, I didn't get my internships until my senior year when it was. Basically, my last semester when it was time for me to graduate. But I so, was very, excuse me, I was just very impatient about things that I wanted, and that's what pushed me into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, I just came back from visiting my parents. Last time they even bought me anything or they had to buy food for me, everything, I was 12. Mm-hmm. Because I, I didn't like what I say, well, can we have some Kentucky Fried Chicken? Like, no, we don't get that today. I'm like, so why not? I, I need to make me some money so I can get my right. own chicken. Mm-hmm. If I wanted a particular outfit, if I wanted to get something, you know, and it's like, in our community, I, I keep saying our community because that's, that's what I'm used to, but that's it's like it keeps you, you know, thinking that go to school, go to school, go to school, you yeah. know, and then you're sitting around waiting for stuff that you want. When you've got a way within yourself to make money, make a business out of whoever you are and what you do. My son's only 14. He already has his own business. That's awesome. You know, because I, he, he's not going to drain me with all this pop-up stuff he right. wants. <laughs> but, um, but growing up, we never really heard the word entrepreneur a lot no i didn't reason. hear the word i, I watched like i you have to watch you uh-huh. know like because when i was young watching my grandmother bake pies and cakes and sell them uh-huh. i seen the difference from the woman that was next door that was going to work you know coming home dragging from the bus stop then my grandmother was whipping up them cakes and they would come out miss betty my pies ready my cake ready she was whipping them and i seen the money on the counter i was like being real, I was like 13, like, damn, like, she got money already? Right. Like, I witnessed the money coming in faster, you know, and it was like, then, you know, you have, you know, hustlers, you know, come from the community where there's, there's hustlers going and street dealing and everything. And I said, okay, well, okay, he made a lot of money, but then he, now he in jail, so I'm going to take this route. This right. is honest, you know, um, she don't have to wait. And I, I remember when we would need certain things and, and my grandmother or my great-grandmother, she would have us knitting and, like I said, or selling stuff. She'd say, sell them some of that soap we just made over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, when when other, you know, our kids or our family members needed that we sold things, you know. Mm-hmm. And in our spare time, my great-grandmother made us knit, knit and, and help her and prepare the meals and stuff, you know. So it, it wasn't a word entrepreneur. It was an action, mm-hmm. you know, and just seeing it. And the, only, the person that comes to mind for me, I remember, well, just paying attention to it was my uncle. He stayed he lived right across the street from us. He worked a nine to five, but at the same time, he had a lawn care business. But we always just used to say, oh, Uncle Carl just cut grass. He he just go cut grass mm-hmm. on the weekends or something. So we, we never used the word entrepreneur. We just said he had his own business where he just go cut grass. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, I wish, you know, well, we, he took us under his wings. He would, like, let us cut grass around the neighborhood sometimes, and then we wanted to make a little extra money. He would let us come over and watch his cars and different mm-hmm. things like that. So, and that and that doing things like that kind of made me, you know, kind of saving up my own money made me appreciate and value the things more mm-hmm. when I had to work for it and I purchased it on my own as well. Yeah, it feels good. Yes, ma'am. I want to go back a little bit, like you were saying, like with the molestation uh, growing up. How, how I know you said you stayed, uh, tried to spend more time like doing hair. How did it affect you growing up? Um. It affected me a lot because, unfortunately, I was molested by men and women at a very young age where I've, like today I walk in my celibacy and this is the first time I have my body to myself. I've never remember even being a virgin, unfortunately. So, um, it affected me a lot because I, I didn't know a life without it. It was a lot of it happening to me, um, unfortunately. Um, it affected me a lot. It, it was... 
where you lose trust, you know, um, you lose respect for your, your parents because you, you're scared to say anything because you're being threatened, but then you're looking at your mom like, can't you tell mm-hmm. something is wrong with me? You know, so it, it made me lose a lot of my relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I felt like my brothers weren't protecting me because it was a lot of their friends that, that were hurting mm-hmm. me. You know, um, I it was done by family members where, you know, one one um, story is like, you know, when you have a little girl, you're, the mothers are usually like, Oh, go stay with Aunt Mary or this person, you know, this woman, female. Don't go over there with Uncle Bill and Bob and Uncle Dan. Mm -hmm. But the women were hurting me. So I like to bring attention to that because a lot of times you may feel like your son might be safe with hanging out with your uncles, but then the women may be touching your son. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that was what was happening to me. I was sent to some friends or family members that were females mm-hmm. and they were molesting me where my mom's thinking well she's not around no men all day while I'm working let her go over here and then this was happening to me mm-hmm. um so it was very I was confused you know like and you don't know if it's being done to you purposely or you know it was just a horrible experience to go through that and um and then moving forward and it's like then I experienced a rape so it was just mm. the confusion in my mind on what's so important to people to want to be touched young people you right, know absolutely. so I never knew a life without it you know um yes, so you so you didn't have anybody you could go to or talk to about it or you just felt like they just ignored they knew what was going on and they just ignored I didn't feel like they ignored I just was afraid because I had a mom that like was just crazy like mm. She, she always would say stuff like, if someone touches you, I'm going to kill them. Like, I'll kill them. Like, and my mom meant it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like, I wanted to say stuff to her, but I was like, she'll go to jail for life. So it was kind of like you were trying to protect her. I was trying time. to protect my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom was the one that was like, she would ask, ask me, you know, are you okay? But she would look at me with this evilness. Like, I will kill. Mm-hmm. And I would just look at her like, and I have... Um, seeing people's parents go to jail or a neighbor and I was just like I don't want them to take my mom so that's why I would hold a lot of it in you mm. know um, so but it, it caused me to end up having a promiscuous lifestyle at a young age um, because you know sexual contact to me is like sugar right mm-hmm. if you have a little bit of sugar you want some more sugar mm-hmm. you know so it's unfortunate sometimes when you see a young girl that's being promiscuous you know and just out there you just think she's just fast but most times i found through my studies and what i've been through is that it was touched you want to keep being touched you don't you don't, you don't see the um the that it's not normal mm-hmm. and then it causes you to live a lifestyle that you really just thought was normal because that's all you ever ha- had been done to you right and so you're a victim of your circumstances or your surrounding your environment and then it causes your life to just until where you get to a point where you don't have successful relationships because now you you wore out you don't even want to be touched right so then that's why I had unsuccessful relationships because you, you don't trust the person that's saying, oh, I love you, you right. know, and they, as soon as they touch you, you just, just like, oh, up, this is all they want, you know, and so you, you come off as being weird or different, but they don't know your backstory, right. so that's, that's why I wrote this book, Living Past Your Pain to Live Your Dreams, and a lot of times people say, you know, it's always like a dream of traveling the world or having all this amazing thing, but it's just a dream of 
embracing love or trusting men or, you know, seeing that people can love me without and not, you know, have the wrong intentions, you know. I had, my dreams were, of course, living this fabulous life and being wealthy, uh -huh. but it was just the small dreams of just embracing love and trust after being sexual abused for so long. And then when God called me into celibacy, you know, people, you know, in my circle sometimes was like, how do you go without, you know, having sex or whatever? And yes, God expects us not to have sex until we're married. But that is not why I did it. You know, I wasn't saying, like, I'm God's number one girl and I'd be strange from sex or intimacy um, in that way because I'm so perfect with God. I, For the first time, I just wanted to know what it felt like to just right. not be touched on my breast or just all, any part of my body. I wanted to know what it felt like just to have me. And um, the powerful thing about it is that when I've seen the clarity that I have from God, you know, just hearing his voice better and even feeling better emotionally and mentally without having sex. I didn't know that sex pollutes the body that much or like emotionally where you can't, you're not making wise decisions in any part of your life because you're so attached to other people and they're putting spirits in you or you just attach to them so much that you lose yourself. Right. You know, and it's like, that's what I would do. You know, right. so attached to this man in my life and loving him, I, I wasn't loving myself, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I chose to have this walk because I, I felt like, you know, I'm 57. I, I mean, 56 is going to be 57 wow. next year. And it's like, I want all that God has for me. Yes, so why do I keep making so many mistakes? Because I can't hear him. You know, like God may give you a dream or a goal or, or put this entrepreneurship in you. But you keep getting derailed and delayed and denied things because you're just moving in your flesh. That's Sometimes right. you have That's to true. separate yourself from people, places, and things in order to just clear yourself so you can hear what God's trying to give you. And you have to stop in the and stop telling God what to do and say, God, your will be done. That's right. He got something far more greater. And so all that to say that my intimacy with myself was needed, you mm -hmm. know, so that I can have a closer intimacy with God to get all that he has for me for real. We we had a, last year, we had a young lady, she wrote a book as well. I actually went to school with her in college, and mm -hmm. um, I, after I read her book, she did an interview with her, but I didn't know she had kind of went through the same thing. You know, her mom, she said, was kind of like an alcoholic, and on weekends, they would go to like the liquor house, and she didn't want to go because people were touching on her and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but she said she never told her parents until she got older yeah. what was going on about being molested and being touched on and different things like that. So when she told, she said she was finally able to f tell her parents and she was finally able to forgive the person who yes, did it. Yes, you have to. Yes, ma'am. Have you gotten to a point where you were able to forgive like the people yeah. who've done those things to you? Yes, I had to because I, I didn't for a long time. <clears throat> and so even in writing this book, Living Past Your Pain to Live Your Dreams, I realized then that I didn't forgive them. You know, I, I, but you, but you, I, I, like now that I have forgiven everyone, I see the power of forgiveness uh -huh. because it released something in my life, this peace that I have now, that, you know, um, but at first I did forgive them because it felt like they got away with it, you know, it was uh -huh. like, and then I wondered like how many other family members or people around in the day hurt and I just wanted, you know, and 
You know, I mean, it's really, that's why it's important to stay with God because God said, vengeance is mine, that says the Lord. And it had to get to a place to where I, I, I let go of being bitter and angry and unforgiving because I realized it was hurting me. And no sin is greater than the next, you know. And then once I got more close to God, then I realized that they may have been a victim. You right. know, hurt people hurt people. Absolutely. Because now that I'm healed, I'm going around helping others heal. When I was hurt, I was hurting people in a different way, whether it was my character or my attitude, you know. So then I became compassionate to my, my the people that abused me, right. to my abusers. And then I started praying for them, you know, that they, you know, um, will have peace. And, and do they feel remorse about it? Or do they, you know, I just wanted, I just would pray from afar, you know, right. so... But it's funny, I think this story is in the book. I might have took it out. When I got to that place when I was forgiving my abusers, I took a ride home with a friend to my hometown of Pennsylvania. And this person that had abused me, I hadn't seen him since I was a little girl. And do you know, I was in a shopping, um, um, in a grocery store, and ran into that person. Now, I was in the middle of writing the book at the time, and that was God's way of saying, you need to deal with this, because I hadn't seen him since then. Wow. And I ran into him at the store, and they said, hey, you know, I said, hi, oh my God. And it was like, God was like, don't talk about it, just show them love. Wow. And so I had to hold them and hug them, you know, and I said, I love you. And I just held that was them. Big. Yeah, I said, I love you. And then they just held on to me, and I said, I love you for real. And I said, I forgive you. Huh. And I was so ironic that I would run into them, but I had to release it because when I was writing this book, it took me a long time to get the book out because I was only telling 70, 80% of the story. Uh-huh. I'm telling others to forgive, but I really wasn't forgiving. Right. So I had to have an integrity with my audience and my reader. And God aligned it all and made that happen. But I ended up from that point, praying for everyone that has hurt me and praying for anyone that I have hurt over the years to forgive me. Because you always, we always want forgiveness, but we're not extending it. It That's doesn't true. work that way. Mm-hmm. Like we said, you know, sometimes we say, like, we'll forgive other people, some people, but like if somebody owes us money or something, we don't want to talk to them to, for, forever. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, man, you owe me five, ten dollars. Now we don't even want to talk to you anymore just because of that. You got to forgive everything. Mm-hmm. And I realize the peace of mind that it gives you. And I also realize that how much grace and mercy it also extends you in your life with God. Uh-huh. So forgiveness is very, very important. With, with everything that you were going through was um, was being in a salon, it was kind of like your safe haven. Yes. Just to, you wanted to stay there all the time because you knew everything. On the outside, that was going on. Yeah, the art of doing hair um, was my my medicine, um, because of course I was dealing with a lot of a pain, beating. I was being bullied a lot. You know, I was considered unattractive, and you know they would call me ugly or this and That's that. That's not and true. A lot. That's not true. So I got bullied a lot. So emotionally, you know, when I was doing hair, the the art of doing hair was a healing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just. It's, this is real. Sometimes you just have to take your mind off your troubles and your problems and just serve and help people. Uh-huh. And then it seems like God works everything out for you. And I, I noticed that at a young age because when I wasn't doing hair, 
it would lead me into some dark places. Right. And then when I would get clients, and it seemed like that's why God was blessing me because my heart and passion was to help them. And then it mm-hmm. helped me through my um my hard times. That's right. Uh, I know I was reading on, on the website and everything. You said you kind of, at one point, you suffered from a, a drug addiction as well. Yeah. How, how did that situation come about? Was it just being around the wrong person? Mm-hmm. Well, the first initial um, uh, time that I started it was all behind trying to be with, it's in the book, um, in the in crowd. I was mm-hmm. considered, to me, the out crowd. I didn't know him. Making my own money, having my own business at a young age was successful because you no, know, everyone kind of downplayed if you didn't go to college. Right. And so I'm hanging around these college people. They were on a break, and it just seemed like everyone was at a college except for me. You know, so I was I went and hung out with them one time, and they just kept partying and kept having a good time. I'm like falling asleep, and I'm like, why are they all keep going? And I I keep you know kind of wanting to go to sleep and mm-hmm. so then one of the girls pulled me aside and said you need to try some of this because this will help me and it was cocaine mm-hmm. so the first time i tried it unfortunately i got addicted like immediately like soon mm-hmm. as she gave it to me the effect that it had on me of keeping me up and keeping me going you know um just kept me kept me you know like woke and i was mm-hmm. able to just keep going and so after that particular weekend um I, I couldn't live without it, you know, it was, it was horrible, because it was like, I couldn't live without it, and I had a lot of money, so, therefore, it, I had, it was easy for me to get, um, and so, it was almost like, I felt like it was sent to me, because all the pain I had from being a little girl, and the homelessness, and, you know, the, the, the abuse and stuff, when I started getting high off cocaine, then it kind of relaxed me, and it, you know, the enemy made me feel like that's what I needed, mm-hmm. you know, um, I had a very large clientele at the time. I was doing anywhere from 20 to 30 clients a day. Um, so it helped me keep, keep it going with my assistance. So I'm thinking this was something that was great, you know, but that's what the enemy does. It makes you mm. think like you got something so powerful, you know, that it look it's helping you. You're getting more clients out. I'm making right. more money, but I was really going backwards. Um, then, unfortunately, my brother had a really bad car accident. Um a drunk driver hit his car and a uh, van that he was in and burnt up 10 of his friends. They were in the van uh. and he survived. And that just kind of set me over, you know, seeing him in that situation have to be rebuilt and um, go through that. Um, and then unfortunately, someone introduced me saying it's going to help me feel better to crack, uh. you know. Um, and I ended up being, I was eight long dark years of addiction of being a functional addict for a long time uh-huh. um just run into it because i wasn't able to live past my pain you know um so i ended up long story short um i got dropped off in atlanta with 200 dollars, two suitcases addicted to crack cocaine with a dream and so i used to walk these same streets here in atlanta with a bag with, do- with hair equipment in it um and Ask people, can I do their hair? And once they give me a chance or a try, they would like it. So that's how I started getting on my feet. But um, I would just walk around and I had the dream inside of me to, you know, be successful here. Have a salon with, you know, and I'm living and working in Buckhead here where I, I, you know, where my goal was. But I've been clean now 27 years. That's awesome. That's the power power of the dream. Yes, ma'am. I wanted to ask you, what was the moment 
through everything you went through that uh did you feel like you hit rock bottom? Oh, the drug addiction. The drug addiction. Um, when I, I overdosed, um, mm. my last um, hit, <clears throat> I lost all my body fluids. Um, everything was just pouring out of me, and I, I heard God say, "Don't hit it," you know. And but I was tired, and that was my bottom. But right. as I was going down, then I just started remembering my dreams, you know, right. and goals, and then I started praying as God to help me. First, I was like, just let it all just, you know. Body waste is coming out of my body uncontrollably, and I promise and I prayed to God. Um, when I closed my eyes, I, I thought I was dying. I know I was dead, uh. and I just looked at it. it was digital clocks were real popular then. I looked up, it was twelve something, and so my crazy behind trying to hide all the paraphernalia, you know. I don't want nobody to notice this how I died. Like they're not gonna know. Uh-huh. So I'm stuffing the pipe. And all the drugs down at seats and stuff or the couch and I'm trying to clean up at the same time but then my waist is coming out of me and my hearing and my vision was leaving and um but when I woke up it was when I opened up my eyes I was laying on the floor and it was seven something so I, I guess I was out for like seven hours um and I was I lived I lived and I haven't touched it since that's awesome did you go on through all the stuff was could family tell and were they judging you seeing the oh, stuff yeah, that you Oh, yeah, it was horrible because they could see. I started losing things around me. You know, just like at 19, 20 years old, I had my first salon. I'm riding a Mercedes. I'm living this amazing life. All these things I accomplished by doing hair, you know. Um, and then they could see me, you know, going down, you know, my my skin, you know. You know, my, where I was living, I ended up having to move with my mom. I just started losing things around me. Um, so they could see that I was functional. One thing, um, for some reason, God is always, I always did my hair and makeup through it all. Like, I just always felt that if you look good, you know, you feel good, people can hear you. And I always held on to that. Even when I was, when I first came to Atlanta, I wasn't clean. So I would be in the crack houses and different places. I always had my hair and makeup done, but I always would pray. It was something that I would pray for people, and they wouldn't come back to the crack houses. And so then I knew that God was using me. And that's, you know, it was like God knew that if I wasn't using, that I wouldn't go into crack houses and pray for nobody. So he had to allow this situation in my life to happen to help others and, and be able to, you know, relate to them more. You know, and I was like, why am I getting high? But I'm praying. And they're all, they're receiving me. Like, even today, people contact me today. And they'll say, I remember when I was getting high with that lady's house. And then you came and you was talking about the Lord. And I got set free. But then you you kept using. I didn't understand how God used you. And that's why, you know, it's important to tell people that God will use you in the midst of your mess. And I didn't let that bother me. People say, how are you talking about the Lord and you a crackhead? Uh I say, Uh Well, you know, I'm doing this, but guess what else he did for me? You know, like, I always learned to just appreciate what I could do. I did your hair very well, didn't I? You know, high and all. You know, like, I always held on. And I knew it was temporary. You know, I I, I knew it was temporary. But that turnaround moment for you, would you say it was when, you know, you thought you were about to die and then you finally woke back up? Was that finally, excuse me, the, the turnaround moment in your life? Yeah, because the dreams, like... This is deep. I got a dream, a real big dream, when I was nine, when my family was homeless. Unfortunately, in 1972, a flood took over my city where people 
I had to go to shelters and I had introduced the missions work. Right. This dream of going to, they told me about Africa. Then I started watching all that raise the money for Africa on Sunday mornings and stuff. I got really intrigued by it. This dream, believing God that I would someday go there, just would stop me. I'd be like, I got to stop doing this because how am I going to get to Africa and, and hold these babies? And mm-hmm. even while I was high, I would say, I ain't coming back up in here. I said, this is going to mess up my life because I'm, I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to do hair. I'm going to train people how to do hair. And I'm going to hold babies. I'm going to clean them babies. And I'm going to, you know, they would be like, girl, every time you get high, this is all you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Anyway, that dream came true. I, I ended up unfortunately having a stroke later in life, and I had a stroke, and they told me that I wasn't going to talk or walk again. And they said if you do talk or walk again, it it won't be the same, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm, at, you know, going to rehab. I'm walker. I'm barely talking. My arm is stuck to me, and I had the dream one night. I was going to Africa <laughs> to hold babies. And then. I'm sitting there, I couldn't talk, but I would just look at my son and look at my family and I, and I would just cry. And, they, and I would cry and they thought it was crying because I was in pain. I'm sitting there looking at them like, they were happy tears like, I'm going to Africa. Right. I'm going to hold babies. <laughs> now I know I can't walk or talk right now. And so when I was, I committed to a fast uh, to just stray from everything. Stop taking the medication and foods and just drink liquids. And on day 17, I started walking a little and just being able to move a little bit. And then I was able to talk a little and I told them if they just get me a customer, if they would just let me do hair with just the one arm, I, I'm telling you. So they, they let me from the hospital and, and told me that I was supposed to go to rehab or they was going to send a nurse to have rehab at home. And I kept saying, no, I need customer. And so... I called a customer because they wouldn't bring me a customer. And I said, I said, come to me. I couldn't hardly talk. And she said, well, what, aren't you, don't you have a stroke or whatever? I said, yeah, I need to do your hair. So she came to my house. Her name was Miss Francis. And I got to the door as best I could. I had my one arm stuck to me. And I just started doing her hair with the one arm. And then she came back the next week. And then I asked for another customer to come. And then... That's how I started being mobile. Uh-huh. The more customers that would trust me and would believe that I needed to do hair, that it would heal me. And then I just kept fasting and praying through it all. And I haven't been on medication, high blood pressure medicine or nothing. And I'm up walking and talking. I'm, I'm awesome. living my life today. Yeah. you know. But my dream of going to Africa six months after my stroke, I was still having some... Um, you know, complications of the stroke, and I was sitting in a nail salon, and I was overhearing someone talk about going to Africa, and I turned around and looked at him, and I said, I'll go, you know, and six months after my stroke, she let me come to Africa with her. I was holding babies, and I was teaching women how to do hair, and I had the dream since I was nine, and I always share this story because... I like people to know whether it's entrepreneurship or just whatever dreams inside of you. Don't listen to nobody. Don't don't worry about what your situation is or your circumstances. It, it may look dark, uh-huh. but you have to believe in your dream that God put within you so much and have so much faith in Him that it helps you propel forward through your uh, you know afflictions that. 
you will make it through and live all your dreams and that's my and and through and it's amazing through everything that you went through it was still you still found your way back to the salon and doing yep. it. you pretty much say that that was pretty much saved your life just it saved it. my life even when i try to retire like now i say i'm done i've been doing hair all my all life right. i am done but every you know like i have more dreams right and then now it's like i want to do some things and it's like don't be so caught up in yourself so much that you stop listening to god you know mm -hmm. he says it's not time it's not time for you to do that you know like you have to keep doing it until he says it's over, you know, mm -hmm. because there's someone that needs what's inside of you, you know, Absolutely. and so I'm still here doing hair because everything I've been through, because I don't do hair for the money. It's not the money. And that's why I always tell entrepreneurs, I do it because it's connected to purpose and what I do, he'll wake someone up that morning and say, I need to get my hair done by Panay. And then my that time they have with me changes their life. You know? So And as far as entrepreneurship, I was talking about or talking speaking of God and how he's done things and worked everything in your favor. As an entrepreneur, how important is you would you say faith is in being an entrepreneur? Because oh it's God. not like oh. um it's not like it's not like a job where you're guaranteed a paycheck. It is a step of faith every day. Like it could almost kill you if you don't have faith in God because mm -hmm. you know I just had someone text something real mean to me just recently. And they said you look like you you, you live in a lie, you're all on Facebook and Instagram, looking like you're all together. And I heard you're struggling, so you just a big lie. And you don't really have all That's that you um, say you have. I said, well, who said I had anything? I look good, and I feel good, and I'm doing good. I may not have all these fancy cars and homes that I used to have, which you thought made me successful. Uh -huh. And because I downsized my home or my cars, because you might have one day saw me in Range Rovers and Bentleys and all, now I don't have them. And you know this personal side of me, but the sacrifices that you have to make for your business, um, people don't see that in entrepreneurship. I, um, the, the, thank you, the sacrifices to have a business in Bucket and a brand that's international. In my personal life, you sometimes have to let things go because mm -hmm. this right here, this facility, you know, and my gift, is for the world absolutely and sometimes i have to let go a lot of things in my personal life do i want to sometimes oh no like when i had to turn my bentley in or let sell this particular all my furniture or downsize my home you want to but when entrepreneurship and when it's tied to purpose because you really have a passion for that and you see i was changing lives you it's not about you Absolutely. and so it's been times where it's recent even the last two years my son and i had to move into a hotel that wasn't a five star and we used to have a five star mm -hmm. hotels that where we had to go up the road a little bit you know and just stay wherever or you know stay at someone's home but i had a business in buckhead because i'm here to serve the community i'm here to serve the world um and so 
you wake up every day praying that someone calls you for what you have. And so what I've learned over the years is to not chase people or chase, you know, the business, but just keep chasing God and know that he, the faith in him, that he's going to send what I need. Because if you look at it in the physical, like, okay, my earlier days before I had that much faith, you know, nobody call. You can lose your mind if you didn't nobody call for like two and three days for your business. And you wonder like, so that's where I made this hashtag, making moves in the madness. When the business is slow, you know, you have, you have to, that might be a day that he wants you to work on your website, you know, or work on yourself or get yourself together. Like, don't look at it that your business is slow. It, that's why the clarity and discernment from God is important so that you can say, today, my business isn't slow. He just wants me to work in another area of my business. Yeah, so manage your emotions, get out of your feelings, and take time out. And don't feel sorry for yourself. The faith, as you were, the question was, is very important because, like I said, sometimes no one will call, like, and ask for a hair appointment for two and three days. Now, before, I used to be like... I'm starting to call them. Right. And then, you, then you're dealing with rejection. Because you might call someone and say, I didn't hear from you in a while, Miss Mary. You, do, do you need a haircut? She said, oh, no. I already got my hair cut. Then you're feeling like, well, what did I do wrong? Why is she right. coming to me no more? Now I'm rejected. Now I didn't call me. I didn't call quite a few people. They told me they went somewhere else. Now you start to devalue yourself and pick yourself apart. You know, So you can't do that. I don't chase people. I chase right. God and dreams. And that has helped me through it all. Because the rejection and um, the wondering what's going to happen, it'll drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it'll, you got to keep moving through it all. Because it's, it's not easy being an entrepreneur. You trust in every day that someone calls your name. So what I decided to do is to, the downtime. It may be some things that God want me to let go of so that I can afford to stay in this place. So when it is slow, that I'm still afloat and I'm okay. So mm-hmm. I learned how to do that. And then I use, I've dealt with obesity, you know, for a long time. I realized that I'm a walking billboard for my business and brand. So now when I'm slow, I said, well, nobody called to come in. Well, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to spend time studying and praying. Uh-huh. And I'm going to look amazing so that while I'm out here, someone's going to at least stop me and say, you do hair, huh? I say, yes. Because right. I'm like made up every day by uh-huh. 7 o'clock, hair, makeup, fully made. <laughs> So that someone can look at me and tell what I do and what I give. Absolutely. And like you said, as far as the faith and entrepreneurship, um, one of the things for me is like I have to constantly remind myself, you know, and I write about it. I wrote about it as well is, you know, just run your race because everybody's not going to have the same, start at the same place. Um, sometimes I have moments where I look at my friends or a lot of them are married and they may have the home and everything. I'm like, man. Should I be doing the same things that they're doing? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like you were saying, like, man. And I was like, man. You said that you run your base. own race, yeah. Mm-hmm. And myself, I, I see people that's my age, and they're like, <clears throat> you know, going on yachts, and they traveling, they doing right. this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I say, I didn't really mess up. Now I'm 56 years old. I'm still behind this chair. I wish I would have this. and do. So, no, no more wishing could have, would have. No more regrets about the past. We are right where we're supposed to be. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And the, what God has for them is for them. And then, you know, you don't know what they went through to get where they're at. And you don't know why they have more things than you. But mm-hmm. 
a lot of times they even just have more things. But I know I have more wisdom. I have more peace of mind. Like I love myself more. I I I, I try to connect with people that are like minded uh -huh. and just have more. And then a lot of times I'm around people, and of course I'm in entertainment. I'm with multimillionaires and people that are very famous. But they're in my chair broken, right. and they're crying, and they're hurt. They got all this money and all this fame, and they're not happy. Mm -hmm. So you can't look at others Absolutely. and 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 feel like you didn't arrive and you didn't excel, like you you know, or you're behind. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of like the gift and the curse of social media, because if you look online and people are on these vacations where they dressed up nice, you're like, man, they got this and this, they looking all nice. And sometimes you sit there and yourself like, well, I know I have more money than this person. How come they ended up going on these trips and doing this and that? But it's like you can't pay attention to social media because that'll yeah, mess with you your Yeah, even humble yourself. Like, like <clears throat> someone just said something to me about some purses. I used to always have all these designer bags, but I don't have them now. So then I said, well, look, look through my social media. You don't see me carrying purses, right? Mm -hmm. And then they's like, you know what? They look through all the pages. And all, they say, no, I said, because if, if I'm not showing them, then you don't even think about it. Right. I, yes, I would like to have a YSL bag or a new Chanel bag, all this and that. But my priorities are different today. I'd rather invest in my business so people can come here and get their lives changed mm -hmm. and make sure that, you know, I'm setting myself up for tomorrow. You know, if there's nothing wrong with having all that stuff, but out of sight, out of mind. She was like, I never noticed that about you, um, but you don't have, you know, all that, exactly. you know, all those material things. And so I look at your page and I look for a message in you. So, you know, make that the focus. Absolutely. You know? And it's and one thing we like to do with the podcast. We like to, to travel and, and build these relationships with people. And, and we like to do it for, <coughs> excuse me, for a bigger purpose. Not just about, you know, showing off of different things. It's to inspire people, you know, create your own opportunity and and inspire other people and pull them up along with you. It's not just about what you have and what you can show off. Yeah. It's what all, to me, it's like I have a higher purpose and it's to, mm -hmm. to help other people yeah. instead of just showing that I'm doing all this and that. I just yeah. feel like I, I'd rather, for me, I would rather invest in myself and invest in my people so they can do the same thing and continue that mm -hmm. success because... We need to get out of the cycle of, you know, like I'm saying, nothing wrong with having a job, but at the same time, it's, to me, it's rewarding where you can create your own opportunity mm -hmm. and create opportunities for your people, yep. and they can do the same thing and try to create generational wealth. Right. That's the most important thing. Now I get wh why my great-grandmother was teaching me all these things. Plant this, bake this, sell this, do this, you know, and, you know, so it's very important that, you know, we don't just look like we together that, that we were truly together absolutely just a few more questions mm -hmm. and, and then we'll wrap it up if you uh if you could go back what would you do differently listen to the elders uh -huh. that's how i'm an older woman now and i i would want you know all the young kids in my family to listen to what i'm saying and get it i wish i would listen more you know uh -huh. and not allow the abuse and the pain and the rejection that I went through to be the thing that held me back because I feel like like I'm very blessed now but the, the blessing has always been there it's just that I made the wrong decision to entertain mm -hmm. my pain All right. you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like entertain okay 
so what I learned, and also what I learned is to cry hard, but not long. So sometimes the pain will still be there, but you have to learn how to just cry real hard and get it out and move, keep making moves. But that's what I would do differently. Is I wish I would learn that because sometimes I might have a thought because sometimes it comes, but I might cry. I get it out and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I waddled in it. You know, I want right. to have a woe is me and feel sorry for myself. I want to talk about everybody that day about it. You know, you, that's the your past pain is trying to derail you and deny you and delay you from getting the promise of God. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do different. Is not waddle in my pain. Absolutely. Cry hard, but not long. Best advice that you receive? Love myself through it all. Huh. The good, the bad. Yeah, because self-love, because if you don't have nothing, and I've been there now with self-love, you know, huh. that has been the self-love and peace. Absolutely. That's the best advice. Just seek peace and wisdom Absolutely. over things and stuff. Um, if you could lay out a blueprint, for success, whether it's in just for, for we have some, I have some female friends that do hair and they mm-hmm. sell hair, or whether it's um, if they want to have their own salon or just business in general. If you had to lay out a blueprint for success, what would you say is a blueprint? The blueprint for success is just don't skip the steps. Like, you know, the blueprint is working on you first mm-hmm. because. I had a talent and a gift, but I wasn't together. So I think the blueprint and the foundation of it all is self-love, good character, kindness, and peace, and humble, hum, being humble. That's the blueprint. That's that's the foundation. You know. That's right. Yeah, because they they keep going after. Being successful at what they do and what uh, they want, but they don't have that part. That's the foundation. Absolutely. I'll follow two questions. We're not there yet, but it's almost a, a new year. Do you have a new year's resolution? Yeah, I, I hashtag it all the time. Make it move in the madness move because the, madness. the trials and tribulations are going to come. I still may get rejected on some things, but guess what? I'm going to make moves in the madness. That's my, just keep going. Absolutely. Like, no matter what. It's just like... What's that, the quarter? Because I'm not really a big football person, but the quarterback, the quarterback get that ball, uh-huh. and they throw it to him, right? So who throws it to him? The quarterback throws the ball. Okay, so the quarterback, so what's the wide, wide receiver? receiver. Uh-huh. He, okay, so the wide receiver, when the quarterback throws it to him, his mind and his body and soul and spirit is all going to the goal, right, and get the touchdown. Yes, sir. So that's what I am. Like, that's, like, my advice and everything. It's just that don't, like, just keep blocking just don't worry about what's coming from the left or the right or what's going on or who's coming after me or after you. Just keep going until you reach the goal. Absolutely. My final question, um, what is your ultimate goal? I am going to change lives all over the world. All over Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's perfect. Well, Miss Panay, I want to thank you. I uh, just want to let you know we appreciate your stories inspiring people really need to hear this stuff and we're all about um giving people that flowers while they're here because you know so many people leave early and you know just being an entrepreneur 
it's not easy, like you said. It, it's, it's a tough road, and sometimes you have those days where you just don't know. It's like nothing is guaranteed, but it's 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 worth it to know to make that impact, knowing that people can hey say hey, you changed my life. So that that is so rewarding. And want to let you know, thank you. You are a queen. You're beautiful. Um, just thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. And before we get out of here, we also have you a, a, a gift as well. Got you a t-shirt. But before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you? Well, I am Panay at Peru. That's P-E-N-N-A-E-A-K-P-U-R-U on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, on Instagram, I am I am Panay. That's I A M Panay underscore Salam Panay. All right. Yeah. Uh, there you have it. I hope you guys. Oh, enjoyed go to it. my okay. website um, at iampanay.com, and please get my book. It's Living Past Your Pain to Live Your Dreams, and it's a lot of affirmations, um, messages, um, stories. It's funny. Because I, I was hilarious in my day. Um, that will change your life and help you to excel and your territory to expand to greatness. Absolutely. So, hope you guys enjoyed it. Do you have anything else you want to promote anything before we get out of here? And come to Salon Panay at 3085 East Lawn here in Buckhead. And we have the most amazing staff here and team of entrepreneurs in here. So, yes, the Salon. All right, there you guys have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So until next time, keep chasing dreams. This is Across the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.